0: Hi, welcome to the Running Out of Space podcast, a show about collectors, their collections, and how they make room for it all in their lives. Today, I'm talking Magic the Gathering with Sean Kirkham, Senior Vice President of Business Development at Skybound Entertainment, the multi-platform production company behind The Walking Dead and Invincible Comics. I flirted with Magic the Gathering back in the 90s and have always been intrigued by its marriage of collecting, fantasy world building, and competition but been too deep in the money pits of my other collections to really commit. But Sean is all in, and speaking with him about Magic the Gathering has me wanting to dig through my storage unit for my old cards from the 90s to see how much they're worth now. Okay, so here we go with Sean Kirkham. When did you actually start collecting Magic cards? Because when I I met you, I was freelancing at Skybound, and yeah. I met you just kind of in the hallway and there was one day where I saw you and you just had a grip of unopened boxes of magic cards. And right then and there, I knew you were my
1: type of guy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we played a ton at the office uh, in late night after hours and whatnot, but uh, I started playing in 90, it's probably like 94. Like, I think like towards um, a little bit of the the beta unlimited time is when I started getting into it. And so more unlimited than, uh, than, uh, than beta. Yeah, And that's a different
0: time. How'd you find out about it? Were you involved in Dungeons & Dragons or any games
1: of the like? Yeah, D&D was the thing I played in high school um, in the local comic shop, uh, Comic Dreams in my hometown. Uh, they started carrying magic early on. Um, I think probably, I think they missed out on the alpha. They started carrying beta and I didn't get into it until just, you know, when they switched over to, to Unlimited and whatnot. Yeah, so... Um, just as a as a general nerd in you know, always in there every Wednesday for comics or like, hey, this is a new this is a new card game you want to check it out and of course me being a you know um, just out of high school I didn't really have a ton of extra loot so uh, I picked up some uh, just anyways um, yeah. and then we started we started playing and collecting from that point on. Well,
0: it, it wasn't it wasn't that expensive, was it? Do you remember? I mean, it was a while ago, but like. How much was a pack then? Were you buying boxes then?
1: No. Oh, shit, no. <laughs> kind of wish I was. The box would have cost um,
0: pretty penny.
1: Yeah, I think even even then, I mean, packs, like a, a starter deck um, was probably, I mean, they were selling for 8 to $10, and yeah. packs were like, two fifty three bucks a pop i think they were like two ninety nine so but even then it's like you know i I, you know my i was making five bucks an hour at my part-time job back then so really didn't have a ton of extra uh you know loot to spend on stuff but you know we scrounged whenever we could you know if we could buy a couple packs here and there yeah i think we did i think one of the first things we first boxes we ever bought was a box of legends and Uh, which
0: which, uh which edition was that because you mentioned alpha and beta was the first run actually called alpha
1: Yeah. So the very first, the very first printing uh, was called Alpha. And that was when, you know, Wizard of the Coast were just like, you know, they just brought it to market to show off like Gen Con 93 is when they kind of debuted the game, I think. Uh And they just, they just took it around. They had, they had the first printing and it was, it was really, it's so crazy to think about how things have changed since then. But, you know, they were just like, they would give out samples at the convention, they would do Uh demos and and they were given out to, 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 comic shops and, and game stores and uh there was they would drive primarily on the west coast because they were they were based up in seattle um in the seattle seattle area i guess
0: uh-huh.
1: and where they you would, they, uh northern california a town called Mantica. cool um and so they would drop they d- drove it up and down the coast and like we're just giving decks to stores said, hey check it out let's play it i think your your customers will like it and whatnot wow um and then beta came out shortly after that um, which fixed the, the, the design of the cards, the cards are the earlier cards had like a more rounded corner and they, they tightened up the corners to be a little more tightened. Um, and from that point on the beta came out, then unlimited. Um, and then the revised was in there as well, which was the, the last once they took out a bunch of cards that they put on the reserve list and they put out revised and they actually started the reserve list after that, I believe. Uh, But then there are the first four expansions, which were uh, Arabian Nights, uh, Antiquities, uh, Dark, and Legends. I remember. I remember. um,
0: I I too was collecting comics. I still do. I've always read comics, but uh, Magic came around, and by the time it was on my radar, it was
1: around Antiquities and Dark. Yeah, so was
0: that was that early on? Was that yeah? Those are those 95? are
1: the first like they call them the four horsemen. They were the first like four expansions.
0: Yeah. So, do you have any of those early alpha or beta cards at all? Still? I've got
1: some. Not, nothing. Nothing that's really worth a ton of money at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot. I mean, although most of that stuff isn't is even older cards are worth money. Um, they're not just as you know, they they're not like the the power nine or dual lands or a bunch of rares like i got like um yeah i pick up stuff from time to time if i see it at a a shop or if i find singles that are cheap yeah Um, i bought a couple big cards before but i flip those uh just to kind of keep you know in that in the that sure the habit i guess just to keep uh fueling the fire
0: it's like everything Um, you know you you know you have especially for for collectors and that's partially kind of why why i started this podcast it's like Everybody kind of has the same, everybody who collects something is so similar in the sense that there is this obsession that they have and the different ways that they express that obsession are actually so similar across what they're obsessed about. You're talking about flipping, reselling, getting stuff and fueling the habit. I mean, people do that in comics. They do that with toys. They do that with sneakers, everything, cars, watches. So I know exactly, I mean, there's no shame in that. That's just how it, I, you know how I feel goes. a little
1: shame when I'm like, ah, oh, that card would be worth so much more money if I would have held on to it, you know. But yeah. of course, like you're you're using I like to I, I've I've been very flippant in my my spending ways over the over the 40 the something years I've been alive. Um and then learning how to like okay, cool, like only spend what you've got. And so it, it's yeah. like if I if I want to buy something, I need to sell you know three things to buy that one thing, right? Like I'm just That's a good to
0: policy, actually always change around the collection. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Once you start like accruing stuff, that's if if you can kind of you know like uh, perpetuate the wheel, so to speak.
1: Exactly. Keep,
0: keep, keep that going. Yeah. If you can, that, yeah, that yeah if you can
1: feed like if you feed the beast with it with your own stuff, it it's you know you're always going to be in the plus. Unfortunately, it right, never right
0: goes right, that way, does it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So wait, so because I want to hear more about this because I
0: remember so magic. I remember at the time. There were dudes that were just on fire about it and they weren't as um, controlled as you are explaining yourself to be. They just went whole hog and they were spending all their allowance or all you know their, their sure. after, after school money on decks and they formed them pretty quick it's not, you can't just buy a pack of cards and start a deck, right? Like it's takes some time. Yeah,
1: I think, I think early on, like in those early stuff, you had to kind of like, you know, cause if you bought a starter deck, it had, you know, lands and you had to get, you know, you needed enough lands to build a deck from. So, you know, I don't think a 60 card starter deck would have enough stuff to play itself because you'd have to get a starter deck and then you have to get yeah. a couple other, other side decks or packs. You get the booster packs that have rares and commons and, and uncommons and you just kind of build it up there. So it took a while to do it. I think there was a lot of, you know a lot of you know you're trading with friends and you're like hey I'll, I'll you know i'll treat you these for that and whatever and 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 you just kind of build it from there like i even remember like we would just because we were stupid kids but we would trade uh like rare uh, magic rares for uh we also played D at the same time so i'd be like hey man i'll give you this rare if you give me like this magic item in the game and then our dm would be like yeah that's cool and then like two sessions later it kills and you're just like i just got completely boned out of that deal like what the yes. fuck Yes. Um, so yeah, pretty, pretty weird stuff as, as, you know, as the currency, it became, uh, moved around and, you know, I, I would trade comics for cards or cards for comics. And, you know, it just, it, it, it was just very fluid at the have time. You, have you been collecting magic and
0: playing magic since 90, what'd you say? 94, 95, 94. Uh, I've had,
1: I've had like, I like to call them, two, I think most people do call me, you have a little bit of a dark age and you know, <laughs> we're just like, I think when I, uh, uh, there was a point in probably like 96, 97, where I sold everything off. I was like, oh, I don't want to play Magic anymore. It's, yeah. it's, you know, whatever. And I just got rid of it and then got back into it in like early 2000s. And then got back out of it shortly after that in huh. like, uh, like 2006 or seven. And then got back into 2011 and then have been, you know, for the past 10 years have been pretty, you know, steady with it did you have to back up and buy your stuff all over again? Oh yeah. I sold everything off. I'm like, I just, you know, I just didn't keep it. I think I kept some stuff, but I, you know, nothing, you know, maybe a couple decks or whatever, but then, you know, it just, you just start acquiring more and just keep going. And how often are you buying these days? I don't know if I had like a, it wasn't a specific cadence. I mean, definitely when a new release comes out, you want to pick up, you know, I, I, I like boxes. I like sealed products. Um, So I would, I <laughs> would, buy, I'd buy a box to just, you know, to sit on, hold yeah, it, yeah. or I'll open it up just for, you know, just to crack it or whatever. I don't draft a lot, which, you know, draft boxes are the main way to get cards. What is um, it, what, in that? I'm sorry. What What's a draft box? A draft box. So like, yeah, it's, it's basically a way of playing magic. Uh, so basically you get, you take three packs and then you're, you know, whoever else is your, let's say you have a pot of eight people, right? And so you're going to have like a little mini tournament. So everyone takes three packs you open your first pack, you pick a card, you pass it to the person to your left and you rotate around and then you rotate the other way and then back around the other way. And so you actually build a 40 card deck basically out of these cards from these packs. And so that it's, they're called draft boosters. And so you get a draft booster box. And so the box has 36 packs and that's enough to fill a pod of eight people to play. And so that's how a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, people play, is like, they'll just buy a box. They'll get their, them and seven friends and they just crack it open. They do do a big draft and you just, you play with the cards from there. Um, because a lot of stuff has shifted. Uh, there's a, there's a format called EDH uh, slash commander, which is now like the biggest format for um, magic players. Uh, and it's EDH stands for elder dragon Highlander. It's a format of, of playing cards, which I, I love because it reminds me of how, we played back in the day because we normally if you play a, a modern or a standard uh game of magic you've got you can have up to four uh, copies of each card and so you make a deck that's very streamlined you're like using four of each of these different cards and so they all have synergy and it plays well um commander is a format that which plays uh it's singleton so you can only have one copy of each card in there so individually named cards, except for uh, basic land. So if I, if I want to have an, a Sarah angel, I can only have one Sarah angel. If I want to have one Tarmogoy, if I can only have one Tarmogoy, if I want to have one, you know, demonic tutor, I can only have one demonic tutor. And so you have each, you can only have one of each of the card and then you've got a, it's a hundred card deck. So it's a much larger deck. And then you have a care you have a a commander card, which is a legendary creature that plays that's like your general for your deck um and you kind of build your deck around synergies within them uh and it's a much more it's it's a it's a larger format and there's a very competitive side which is super fast games and super powerful stuff where you can win on turn one or two and that's to me that's ridiculous i want to have like a more of a storytelling type game yeah um and so you can you can play a, a you know pot of four, and you can play a game for an hour to could be two hours. Um, you big swings, you build your board state, you have these massive attacks and combos and stuff, and it's it's super fun. And when we used to play as kids, like we didn't of course didn't have a ton of cards so we may only have one copy of a card and so we would just put all of our cards in one box and like shuffle it all together with enough land and like all right this is my deck and you would just right. play these massive games where you know i would literally just take a chunk of cards and i would shuffle it in and then i would put it that when i'm done i'd put it the back of the box and then push the right. next stuff forward and that's, that's how, how i, I remember played. yeah yeah that's not like, like, this, that is, this is my entire collection and this is my
0: one deck yes so
1: that's how you did it
0: now do you long for those days or do you like it now
1: with how complex it is um, I love the complexity. I mean, it, it's it is like it is. You know, it, it's it's like chess. You know, it's it's there's so yeah, much. Yeah. Um, you know, there's just there's so much nuance to it, and it's it's super. I don't know. I just love finding weird combos, and you know, like we have uh, the group that we play at work. Um, you know, these guys are some of the guys are just like they find these really super creative decks, and you're just like, I don't understand what you're going to do, but you're going to do something cool. So I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Um. You know, I'm not. I don't. I don't feel like I'm not a guy who's like I have to fucking win every game. I'm. I'm. I just go mad for it. I, I. love to see interactions. I love to see like really cool and interesting things happen with the game. And um. You know, like I said, like too. Like I like to build this story in my head. Like every deck I make is is not just a built around a commander and, and a theme, but it's like I. I'm telling a story to myself. And how do I tell the story as I'm playing this game with another person?
0: Or is that your personality to begin with like would you be doing that with something else if it wasn't magic cards no (laughs) did that kind of did that that kind of like a vessel for you
1: yeah i think i think to a degree i mean i i i I do have creative outlets that i do other things with but but this is one of those ones where you know like i you know i i I think everyone has stories that they tell that they, they want to get out and this is a yeah. it's a fun way for me to kind of find different stories that are playing with this other medium you know like this these are all characters this is i mean wizards of the coast has made this amazingly large uh and vast cacophony of of characters and worlds and and stuff and it's fun to kind of play in there it's like why would this why would this character be playing with this character and why were they teaming up on a thing and how do you tell that story um so yeah i i look at building decks a little differently than most people i think a lot of people are just like how do i make this thing that that's going to win and is going to crush people and do the stuff and i just love the i love the story do you
0: um do you it's it's world building it yeah. seems like you, and you're involved
1: in the building of that world do yeah you- it's like it's like any any sort of like you know when you're you know when you're like when you're like what are your who would your x-men team be like yeah. if you like aren't right, cool like my x-men team is like punk rock storm and yeah. wolverine and i want bishop but then i also want iceman and then archangel and like that's my squad and you're like oh that's that's kind of cool and but there's a hundred plus different x-men characters that you can choose from but like this is how i want to do this one or if i like i want all firebase ones and you're just like you pick that team whatever so that's that's kind of how i i see this you can pick up on
0: people's personalities through how they play this game too, huh? Absolutely, yeah. Oh, yes. So, what type of players don't you like?
1: Oh, man, it, it's it's it's. <laughs> oh, that's such a loaded question. Actually, um, there is there are weird. I don't know. It, it's hard. I think that the the game itself draws. I mean, a very specific t- type of personality there's 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 you know there's nerdy folks who love the complexity and stuff and who may not have some of the most you know social aspects and uh-huh. so though, there are people that you know they're just like oh my god this guy is just like he's all focused in on on the the, the deck and making it work and it's got to be perfect and whatever and that that is kind of a thing that, that I don't sync with uh-huh. I get it. I understand it. I I like that. That is their style. But I'm just like, okay, cool. Like I, I'm not trying to be that that very um, spike type player. Uh-huh. Very spiky. There, there's like a couple different um, um, spikes and Johnny's spike is more of like an aggro, uh type player. They they're okay. playing for the win. I think Johnny is the 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 archetype of of they're trying to do these massive combos and stuff. And then Timmy is kind of like hey, I'm just, I just want to put big creatures out and do stuff. I kind of fall into the Timmy a little yeah. bit because I'm just like, I just love to see big creatures and, and big, big, cool stuff. And, you know, that, that's, my, that's my play style.
0: Is there a overabundance of one of those certain styles that is kind of maybe the alphas of, or the spikes alphas? I suppose? Are I think they, I think a little bit. Yeah. I think, it, I think are they the ones who win the competitions or is Yeah, I mean
1: there's there're definitely dudes who are grinders and they're just like I'm just going to play at the 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 whether it's your local game store or they're going to go play tournaments uh uh when we had those <laughs> years ago yeah. it seems. Yeah. Um you know, then there are people who are just like hey, and look there's there's you know, there's prizes and there there's actually incentive to do that. I don't feel incentivized to go out and be an aggressive player like that. Yeah. Um but I, I understand the people who are and there's people who are just like, hey, man, like, I just want to win packs. I want to go in packs because if I win these packs, I don't have to pay for the packs. And so yeah. I can do a draft and I can draft with my friends. And so I'm, I'm basically, like I said earlier, like they're feeding the beast. They're paying yeah. for their hobby that way by being an aggressive type of, you know, playing an aggressive game. And yeah. it's awesome that they can do that. You know,
0: how are you playing these days? I guess because that, that this, this kind of line of questioning is leading into that. How do how are
1: you playing right now? Yeah, there's. I mean, it's 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 pretty amazing how quickly. Um, I mean, how everything timed out well. So Magic, there's the two ways that we I play currently. There's there's Magic Arena, which is uh, the their their app, their video game that they put out for the Magic experience, which is uh, it's pretty awesome. It's a fun it's a fun thing to 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 throw its on you know mac and pc and then it's also now on mobile so um i'll, I'll play that you know a couple times a week uh, and you can do different experiences you can play you can do drafts you can you can build your own decks and play you can do sealed tournaments they do special events um which is really really super convenient because if you don't have people you just I pop on there I also have like you know my friends like my brother's on there a couple of buddies from canada and, and and other parts of the us are all on there too so like if i find them on like we can play games together um that's awesome and then also there's there's um uh i think it's called spell table which is a no is a spell table might be a, <clears throat> let, me, let me pull it up real quick if you gotta sure normie yeah. Spell tables a, is a, a, I just have it saved and I always forget what it's called, but it's a, <laughs> it's basically it's, it's almost like a, it's like a video platform where you can, you and four of the people or three of the people can play a game. And, oh yeah. And stream yeah. It together. It's
0: like um, the, the D and D one. There's a, yeah.
1: This- yeah. Kind of like, yeah. Using discord or whatever. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of like more tailored Roll 20. For, I'm thinking of Roll Roll 20. 20. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So this one's more tailored for, uh, for magic folks to play and it's, it's, it works great. You know, you just put your, you set your cards on, you got your, your webcam pointing down to your thing and you can play and it's awesome. Oh, that sounds great. I
0: was going to say, I was going to, I was wondering if there was a, on. I I feel like you, you might've told me about this. There's an online, uh, way of playing magic, but that kind of takes out the trophy aspect of the whole getting the cards and
1: yeah actually and stuff, yeah huh? the arena arena is kind of like what you open packs all that stuff too but there's also uh mtgo which is ma- magic the gathering online which is another big plot i haven't got into it because it's it's overwhelming to me because you could play any format they've got every card ever made it's all on right. there how do you uh, get the cards do you have to buy them yeah like, you buy you basically buy packs through uh-huh. there Uh, And then you can also like, you can, the cool stuff is like, you can actually rent, you can rent decks, you can rent cards. Uh, There's, there's ways to kind of like transfer what you own and what you, you know, what you have in the system. If you want like, Hey, I want to spend 20 bucks. I can buy enough tickets to rent uh, a deck and play this deck. If you want to try different stuff. Uh, It's a really sweet, it's a sweet platform. And I watch a lot of streamers who play that way too. uh, And it's really interesting to, to check them out. Are there guys on online that are making somewhat of an income doing that? Oh yeah. yeah yeah yeah. there's definitely a ton there's a ton of folks
0: yeah that's like a folk economy of sort absolutely yeah it's 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 pretty sweet so let's back it up a little bit like how did you even start getting into the lane to be finding magic at the right place at the right time and picking up on it were you always you were you always collecting comics how early did that start yeah, I think I started. I want to say
1: it was like 91 or so. Uh-huh. In 1991 is when I started collecting comics and baseball cards. Like that whole time was just kind of ripe for uh, the world. Um I remember picking up uh, my first X Men comics at a thrifties, you know, uh, yeah. drug store off of a yeah. spinner rack in Santa Barbara. Yeah. Um, and then just hooked from there and then, you know, started going to the comic shop and then. You know, that became a, a weekly thing. You're just yeah. like, all right, cool. got to go in every. I think it was Fridays, as was new comic book day back then. So you go into the comic shop, you get your comics, you go home, read them. You're back, you know, looking through, you know, uh, back issue boxes and, and finding a weird series that you end up falling in love with. And then when, you know, as you do at a comic shop and any, any sort of stuff, whether it's a records or whatever, you start talking to people and then you get into other stuff. And they're like, Hey, have you heard of this thing called Dungeons and Dragons? Like, Oh, that's cool. And you start playing DD with some of those guys or people in high school and you buy a book and you start doing it with your friends and your siblings and whatnot. And then, yeah, magic just came through that way. And, you know, it was like, Oh, this is a really cool way to kind of play D D, but with, you know, uh, cards and, you know, I, I always played like card games with my folks growing up, whether it's like poker or canasta or, you know, any of those, uh, those fun games. And you're just like, oh, cool. I get this whole thing. And then it was really easy to, to jump in and and get hooked. And then, you know, you're like, once you, these new expansions come out, like, oh, cool. Like, look at this, like Arabian Nights was like, oh, look at this. Like, it's this, this different fantasy world and these different characters. And these are really cool. There's gins and there's like, you know uh, crazy demons and stuff and like oh this is awesome and then like the next expansion comes out and it's a different it's a whole different vibe you're like oh my gosh antiquity is like what is this? this these are all like robots and like and and monsters and they get into that one and then it's like it just kind of keeps hooking you and they keep adding new flavor and then so you're you're just you just keep feeding the you feed the beast you just yeah. keep going
0: you know for sure you you said whether it's a record shop or comic shop i definitely feel like the comic shop was my record shop that's kind of how I discovered my, myself, my personality. Like people always say like, Oh, the record shop, the record shop. I feel like for certain people, it's the comic book shop. Yeah. You know, it's totally, totally a place. I remember I too was buying comics at my newsstand. And then once I found direct market, like an actual comic book shop that only sold comics, it was like my life totally changed. It was like, so amazing. Yeah. And then you're like, Oh my God, there's,
1: people that like the things i like oh it's yeah. different. it's like yes. you know, it's different than like oh man i love watching robotech in the mornings yeah. like oh no, no, cool like let's talk about this like do you, what do you think about this you know do you like x-men do you like you know justice league europe and you're like oh this is cool and you just you know you find those people that you're akin to and then you know this is another way to kind of hang out with them too yeah were you collecting anything prior to that like when you were a boy did you like did you have the bug early I you know my 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 dad uh, he is so awesome like he wasn't so much of a nerd when I was growing up you know he was he was I think he was nerdy but he was just you know like I gotta take care of the family but yeah. fed his fandom and nerddom into me and like he it took me to like I think I was a uh, I think it was a year old or maybe even less than a year old when star Wars came out, but he took me to my mom's like, your dad took you to star Wars. Like he took in the theater, took you as a little baby. And I was like, that's it. I would call that guy an asshole right now if he did that, but I appreciate that <laughs> for back then. Um, but like he always, he always bought, you know, whether it was star Wars figures or GI Joe or transformers or anything in that space that I loved and I liked, he bought it for me and my brother. And, you know, yeah. so I always had collections of those growing up yeah i was huge gi joe fan that was that was my jam and so that that you know i i had that collecting bug as a young kid and so just you know it easily flowed into comics and cards and whatnot
0: yeah you don't realize it at the time but like it's that's a collection yeah like all your gi joes you had a collection and i was the same way with toys and it's I'm still buying toys. I could see behind you. You're still buying the, you know, good toys. Like don't, you know, yeah. like it's a bad time for toy collectors right now. Cause there's so many companies, there's so many great things coming out and they're so expensive.
1: Yeah. Stuff is stuff is, is really tough too. especially trying to get vintage stuff at this point it is, it's that we're thinking about being home during the pandemic and we've just as, you know, working at a cl- company that sells collectibles and whatnot, you know, with comics, but we see that across the board, like people are just because they're at home, they've been at home, they haven't been spending money on travel and going out to eat and all that stuff. So they're like, I got a bunch of extra income. And also, of course, you know, stimulus checks that help out too. And they're just like, cool, I'm going to buy a bunch of cool shit. And they yes. just, you do. And it's like prices on everything went up, whether it's, you know, action figures or cards or comics or you know sports cards which that whole market is another beast into itself that I'm I'm I struggle with all the time. You collect sports cards too? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Still. Yeah. Yeah. I don't do it I don't do a ton. I used to, I, I was big into it when I was younger got away from it for a long time after the junk wax era. And, and I yeah. just, I was like, I can't get cards. I mean, it, it was, it was too much. And they, they, that the market got completely destroyed in the, in the mid early, mid nineties. Um, but then, you know, now everything is, is, you know whether it's refractors or numbered cards and signed cards and relic cards, like there's there's such a crazy market for it. And so I got back into it a couple of years ago. Um, I love, I love basketball cards, uh, a yeah. big fan of, of, of that space. Uh, but then, you know, I pick up stuff, you know, here and there, if it's a, you know, a player that I like on any team, whether it's, you know, no matter what sport it is, I'll, I'll grab some stuff.
0: So let's, let's bring it back to magic. Did you buy anything during, during the shutdown?
1: I had a couple deals that I almost pulled the trigger on, which were pretty big deals. And it's All funny right. too, because, you know, the pandemic, it, it, it you know, as I said, collectible prices jumped up. So, you know, there was a, um, uh, I still talk to him. <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I keep going back, like, do I want to get it or not? Um, but there, there, there's, um, you know, there was a, the, talking about Legends, yeah. uh, an early, early set, um, you know, a box of Legends five years ago was a sealed, so the full sealed box, 36 packs, was around $6,000. Um, now, I think the most recent, uh, I think sale auction was like thirty two to $35,000. Wow. Wow! so in five years it you know went 5x that's major um, i didn't know major it was major that. major stuff Whoa. is stuff is crazy so i i i'd been talking to a a, a gentleman um, a friend of mine who uh, owns a shop out in michigan about uh, one of his one of his customers has one for sale and i was like oh man that'd be really cool like mm-hmm. can i sell some stuff that i have to buy into this and so i've been trying to like you know finds is there anything I'm, I'm willing to give up at this point because it's yeah. and, you know I, I as most collectors do you get attached to the stuff you have and you don't want to get rid of it um so it I, almost been, like your identity like when what you collect becomes who yeah. you are in a sense and you become tied to it exactly and so i, I and it, it's i'm like i can't get rid of this this is I've i've known this or you know this is yeah. my thing and you know, it's like I'd love to have that box, um, but I'm just like I don't know if I can move anything around to get it. So there's other stuff I'm trying to pick up. Like I've, I've this year I haven't really picked up a bunch of stuff. I've actually I've been doing a lot of stuff on my house and all that stuff too. So just like the money has been going to another, <laughs> basically another collectible that's a yeah, little more value exactly. than this stuff. Yeah, so exactly. the um, the 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 free money hasn't been, has been flowing to the the nerd stuff though. Although I I have picked up a couple. Um, what did I get over here, I'm, I'm trying to look at the wall over here. Um, I weirdly enough, I i, pick, I do pick up boxes, and so I, I buy you know, I, I continue to pick up you know, sealed boxes of the product just because I like to have it. Just I'm like, oh, cool, do you open them? Came out I want to get a couple of those, or I want to get a couple of these. And they're you know, the a current box of Magic the Gathering, a draft box is going to be it's going to run you, you know, 90 to 100 bucks, depending mm-hmm. on where you get it. So, you know, that's a little more um, palatable. I can, Mm -hmm. I can, I can can talk myself into one of the, one or two of those uh, a month or every other month or so. Do you open those and play them or do you just keep them dead stock? Uh, Right now I keep them all sealed Uh just because we haven't been together and stuff. And I also, for me, I, if I'm going to build a deck most of the time, I like to buy singles to build the deck from. Mm -hmm. So I'll Mm -hmm. go online and and there's a ton of different avenues to purchase from, whether it's TCG play or card kingdom or, you know, channel Fire, all these other outlets. So you can just buy any single card you want to get ebay is another great one too so Mm -hmm. um i'll try to find stuff like art cooling i'm going to build this deck i'm going to need to find these cards and if i don't have them here in a box then i'll i'll buy them online Mm -hmm. and
0: have you ever bought bootlegs do they make bootlegs
1: they do yeah you there's there's proxies which i you know there's different levels of stuff right so there's like there's there's counterfeits and then there's proxies um and they're 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 both the same and they're both different right so like are they all um, are they, are know, game legal are, are they are they le- you can are they no can, no, can you, no no i, I think yeah. different you know if you're if you're playing like a house game with your friends and like, hey man do you mind if i use this proxy for a card that a i don't have or b a card i do have but is too valuable to put in the deck and i want to ruin it yes yeah. that's you know that's totally doable yeah. but there's like you know they're actually like counterfeits that are that get into the market and people actually sell them and and are Ripping people off and yeah. that's stuff, I, I don't, I don't believe in it at all. Have you ever been burned by one early on or maybe recently? Um, or luckily, no. Uh, I mean, knock on wood. I hope I haven't, but yeah. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, um, I think I, I do a pretty a good job of looking for. You know, there there are certain telltale signs, especially for expensive vintage product, that you can look for. You mm-hmm. different tests you can do with the card and stuff you're looking for, and, and how the card was printed because that's that's a very unique thing to these cards that you can't directly replicate with current uh, printing practices yeah so and especially counterfeiters there are certain things like there are, there are known little ticks that you can find on a card like hey, cool like you know that like they're they're hidden i don't want to say like almost like watermarks but they're like little bits and pieces of like this original card if it's a black lotus there's a, there's a certain mark on a black lotus that you if you it's on every black lotus so you can find it and see like oh cool that's it and so you know it's there and most of the time that those aren't covered by the, the counterfeiters
0: That's like a, like a printing flaw.
1: Yeah. 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 They just kind of kept it through all the three print runs.
0: Is the black Lotus, that one that went for like a really big amount. Yeah. That's, that's the
1: big dog. So the alpha black Lotus is like the, you know, that's like the Ashley comics number one. That is like the Holy grail of all magic. The gathering.
0: What expansion does that come from?
1: So it came from the first, the first, the limited edition. So the alpha, beta and unlimited. And uh-huh. so they, they made the, the power nine or the, the nine most like, you know, kind of powerful broken cards in the game. Uh, you know, the, the, it's, it's the black Lotus, it's the five box in um, time walk, ancestral recall. And then, um, oh my God, I'm going to punch myself in the face time warp. Yeah.
0: Eh. Do you have any of them?
1: I do. actually have a whole set of them. Um, yeah, ancestral recall. Oh my God, I want to make sure. I, I want to make sure I say it right. Yeah, time twister, time walk, ancestral recall. Those are the those are the ones. So yeah, I, you go ahead. Said you, whole, you said you had a whole set of them. Yeah, I have a set. I have a. I have most all in unlimited, which uh-huh. is the the third edition, the white border, which is like the least expensive version of all of them. Huh? And then I've got one like really just just janky busted looking beta mox Ruby. Do you play them? No, 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 no. Why I mean there the, I mean there are demand there are ballers out there who play there's a format called Alpha 40, which is like the like it's insane uh-huh. what these guys play. And so so Alpha 40 is basically it's it's taking it back to playing when back in 93 when the, the game first came out because there really weren't like rules on how to make a deck. You can put as many copies in a deck as you want. Yeah blah blah blah. I remember like when I first the first time I we went to like actual like game store that was different than the comic shop I went to right. as a kid. Like they were like, hey, like there's dudes over here. Like they would look at decks like, oh cool, like this is a. They would have the judge and the judge can look at the deck and go, oh cool, this this you can kill this person on turn one, so you can play because it's it's power levels were crazy. And so they you yeah. know channel fireball was like the big thing. So if you had a black lotus and then you cast channel, which transfers your life into mana and then you can cast a fireball and you can kill a person on the first turn so like that was like that's how you kind of like gauge whether a deck was good enough to play but there are there are, there's a there's a whole format called alpha 40 which is is you can only play with alpha set cards and you can only you can only have 40 cards in the deck but it could be of any makeup that you want and it's the most uh, crazy aggressive like there are guys who are like you, know, you watch these guys play and they're playing with a deck that's probably worth you know a couple million dollars. And you're like, this is nutsoid that you have these, all these cards and you're playing them. Are these guys
0: the are these guys fantasy buffs? Are these guys old comic book nerds or are these guys gamblers that just happen to
1: have found a new game? It's no, these are guys who are just definitely like, I mean, they're they're all guys who were probably into the game when we were younger, when the yeah. game first came out, and or, or they were in you know, elementary school and, and we're fondly there, the, who've, you know, built collections and are mega wealthy and, and whatnot and have yeah. the ability to kind of carry all that stuff over. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's awesome. I've wanted to get into it by building like a smaller deck, just to say I have one.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I, I, I don't have enough cards for it yet, but I have it. It's in the back. It's there. So I, mean, there is I, I, I have pieces for it. Someday I'll make a really janky one that I'll never, you know, it's like you can't play, you can't beat a guy who's got a deck. That's just like, you know, with, with, you know, multiple black lotuses and, and ancestor recalls and time walks. You're just like, I can't, I can't beat you. There's no
0: way. Are there new ones that are out now? Like in the new expansions that, have the same amount of power as say a black lotus or is that just the the over fiend of the whole
1: game yeah it's it's weird because like it, they all have different levels of how how powerful they are in in different formats so like commander or like a, a black lotus in commander can be pretty powerful but it's not as like game breaking as certain other cards and uh-huh. it also requires other cards to, to play with it so um but there's there have you know power creep is a thing that happens in the game of course again that has been around for 20 uh, 20 what 24 20 27 years at this point 27 28 years so like stuff you know it's it's always going to ramp up and so there are cards that are a lot more powerful than others uh and you know every new set that comes out there's something's like oh this is this going to break the format or whatever this chain stuff yeah. and, and people find ways to kind of to, to to work their magic and i i give massive credit to these 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 cats who can just like look at a card, like, oh man, that card is going to work really good. This card, and with that card, and boom, then like they break formats and whatever. And it's, it's really, it's really wild.
0: Yeah. That's something too that's very interesting about the game in, in and of itself is the combinations and the architecture that goes into it. What is it about deep complexity and fantasy, alternate worlds that is so attractive and that has endured? In this game for 20 some odd years what what, yeah. what what is it about that that those two those two kind of elements colliding and
1: sparking so well yeah it's it, it's yeah if you have like a it's yeah it's like lord of the rings chess right yeah. so it's like if i want to make a deck that's just elves i can do that right and there's different ways to do it there's different Combos and different stuff that I can put together, and if a person wants to do, I just want to do a deck that is all artifacts, or you know, uh, something that's hey, this is going to be goblins and it's going to be aggressive, or I want to do something that's a little more, um, you know, like a the the uh, kind of like a pillow fort. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a type of thing where it's like I just make myself as tough as possible and it's really hard to kill them, but make your, you know, it's really hard for you to play your game and I'm just going to outlast you because I'm here. Yeah. Um, you know, there's so many different ways to play to play the game and you can build decks to your liking to, you know, different, whatever style you want to play. And I think that's truly one of the things that makes it the most, um, you know, accessible is because you can play it however you want to play it. What do you think it is about? Is it
0: because it's so unbound that it is, that 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 world building component of it draws people because otherwise you can be playing something really
1: um complicated like canasta oh sure 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 i i think a lot of it does have the the cool fantasy aspects that that hook people you know it's like you know like i love you know people love the avengers and so they want to see spider-man or they want to see you know iron man and they want to like i love fucking iron man like this is great and so (laughs) you can have like if i love liliana as, as a as a character in magic like i want to build just liliana themed zombie decks and stuff around you know doing weird you know weird combos with with her and and you know massive zombie attacking armies and stuff very walking dead style too um you can do that and it's it's you know just whatever way you want to go it's how you can you can just do it and i think that that is something that keeps people around yeah and, there's and, all, and they're always in there, like I was saying earlier. They always adding new stuff, right? So, the new, the latest set that just came out was it's called Strixhaven, and it's like it's like Wizard School, so it's got a little Harry Potter vibe to it. But it's it's it plays well into the existing magic. Uh, histories, and before that was a, a, a set called kalbheim which was played very Nordic in uh, Viking style, and it had gods and, and really gnarly um, monsters and creatures. And before that was one called the Coria, uh, and or no, that was Zendikar, but Coria was one that had like big, um, just giant monsters, and they mutate and stuff, and that's really fun. Um, Yeah, they do a really good job of like building these worlds and you just, you just, I just want to see the next one. And actually the cool thing is I think one of the next sets that they got coming out this year, it's going to be a Dungeons and Dragons theme set. And like, I am like my 13 year old self is just like nerding out. He's like, this is going to be amazing. Yeah.
0: Do you find any people that aren't collectors that like magic or people that don't give an F about fantasy
1: that just love the game? Do you find those people? I, th- I think so. I think they're out there. I, I, I just know that, I mean, most of the people I circle around, it, they're, they're all into it. Like one of the guys I work with uh, Paul, uh-huh. um, he, he likes to play the game. He's not, I don't think he's necessarily like a big fantasy fan, but he loves playing the game. loves the complexity. Yeah. He actually loves collecting and buying and, and the, 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 the trying to find like rare, rare versions of cards. And yeah. he loves that whole thing like the kind of gambling aspect with, with getting into cards. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Do you, are you a, um, are you, are uh, in, in terms of, of your, um, habit or your style of um, being involved in magic are you a completist as much as you can be like for these last maybe 10 years or that you have kind of gotten back into it do you want to make sure that you have every card from every expansion pack that comes out
1: no no not at all i i, I want i want to build the decks i want to build so I, you mm-hmm. know with you know commander being the main focus like I want to. F- if I find a card that I like, like this, you know, a, a certain character, like I want to build a cool deck around them, and I'll just. Uh, that's how we build. Like that's how I focus. Like I'm going to make that deck, and that's going to be my yeah. deck, right? I'm going to go. Um, I don't. How does that spark you? Huh? How does like what's the
0: moment where you're opening up the pack, and the epiphany of what type of deck you're going to build out of that? Take me through yeah. that. That seems yeah, like be pretty fun.
1: It actually is, it's not really like an opening pack at that point. So like it, just because of the nature of, of, you know, the internet and all that stuff too. So like spoilers get out before the set comes out. They have a traditional spoiler season, but then stuff does get leaked beforehand. So you'll see a new set, like, you know, the, three to four weeks before a set comes out you'll see cards that are coming out and so you're like oh my god like that car that creature looks dope like I he would be a great commander like i'd love to do something around him or that's really unique or that'll fit into another deck i have and so that that's kind of how the cycle is and so then you get the cards and you're like whether you're gonna buy it, get it from hope, hope to get it from a pack or if you're gonna buy it specifically from a, a vendor and then you just build from there so there's always it's a it's a I mean it's it's a non-stop the 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 spoiler season never ends because it literally is a situation where it's like you get a set that comes out and then like a oh, wait two weeks later they start teasing the next set and that, that doesn't come oh, out wow. for a couple months so just like it's a non-stop cycle of stuff so um yeah but I, i'm always looking for you know interesting stuff like i love elves i love angels i love you know um you know, that type of, and zombies, like the very traditional, uh, early magic, you know, uh, archetypes, you know, mm-hmm. those are some of the earlier creatures and mm-hmm. that type of stuff I've always been attracted to. And I love to, to build decks around that stuff.
0: Are there new schools of players that you can identify who aren't like you that maybe are a different generation that are more into one thing over the other? I mean, you mentioned there's like a Harry Potter deck or are, more, are there, are the, are the new gens, the new jacks into like wizards now? Or because of Game of Thrones,
1: has that kind of trickled in? Yeah, <laughs> it's actually that's actually pretty good. I think I think people do probably cycle through, and I think one of the interesting things about like different the different sets is you can you can attract new players who may have not thought of like oh cool like oh, I don't like I you don't know, like this type of this type of fantasy be like, oh, cool. Well, if you look at, you know, Strixhaven, like this is, you know, a very Harry Potter style. And so it might it might catch the eye of someone who like never really connected with a magic set before, but like, oh, this is a cool thing. And, yeah. you know, they actually, the, this past year they released, it was a pretty controversial release, but they did, a, they have a thing called Secret Layer, which is a direct-to-consumer uh, card variant where they make special editions of cards and get different card art and, and wizard sells it direct-to-consumers. But they did a, they did a Walking Dead set. Oh, um, cool! Wow, which actually like pissed off a pretty large chunk of the community. I was not one of those. I love it. Sure. I understand some of the outrage. Is it's you're merging worlds that are from outside of this fantasy world uh-huh. into the regular one, but then also like the the cards were unique cards, which is not the idea for for secret layers. Secret layers are supposed to be just variants of cards that are already in existence, mm-hmm. and so that made it hard in it very complex into how to like reprint the cards later on without having this art and also it's weird to have like you've got rick grimes as your uh as a card that you're playing in a deck with dragons and stuff it it kind of breaks the fourth wall a little bit sure but it also leads to a larger thing where i think wizards is is doing this worlds beyond uh thing in the next year or so where they're going to they're going to start doing stuff with more uh outside brands and they're gonna do stuff like warhammer 40k they did something with like godzilla this past year they're going to start branching out to other ips and and doing fun. And stuff you know and they, they've done that before they've had like like not tournament legal cards they did like my uh, my little pony set they
0: That's did cute.
1: uh they did a, a a transformers card uh with uh grimlock which is really cool it was like it was dual sided so we had one is the trans source and one as the robot and so it was pretty sweet cool. um and i think they're going to continue to do that i think they they realize like there's people who don't care necessarily, or they're people who are interested in not just fantasy stuff, they want to play a game that has other stuff. And Wizards has, as you know, to their credit, tried to do a lot of different um card games with other IPs and in not in a not magic format. They had a, a, I think, for about two years, they published a um a Transformers card game uh that w- looked awesome, it was great, I love the cards and whatever, but the game just never really took off. And so, yeah. this might be a way to like, how do we. Use the Magic the Gathering, you know, system itself, and then put other IPs in there that you know people will be open with. I could see myself as being
0: anti that, be, being resistant of the kind of ready player oneification of. <laughs> That's a really good analogy for it. Yeah, of of the game, but I also see it being postmodern. I mean, if if we're gonna play fantasy, let's open the borders. Let's not be so strict about it. So I kind of see both sides of it. Are you yeah, into? I mean, it's, do, it's do you collect cool those out. cards? huh do you collect the, any of those outside like the yeah i've
1: got some i i have i have you know the walking dead set of course just because i've got i've got two i've got a sealed one and then one that i opened up so i can build decks around and i, th- I think i've got the i don't have the my little pony cards because it was sold out pretty quickly and i didn't get them and now they're crazy expensive uh, but i do have like the grimlock card and i've got yeah. other stuff and they actually magic has has had a history of doing like non-traditional Magic cards. They have a they have a, a series called the Unsets, and so it's unglued, unhinged, um, uh, unsanctioned. I think. Oh, sure, I think it's a, mo- a box set. But they have these sets that are that are not tournament legal, but they're they kind of make the game a little more fun and goofy. Yeah, uh, which is really cool. I, yeah. I think it's a fascinating thing. I don't like to play that way. I like to. I'm very traditionalist with how Magic plays. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really neat stuff, and there's some really fun cards in there. Um, but I think that having I, it, it doesn't break my mind by having other ip in the magic the gathering you know game itself mm-hmm. I, I think i can i can put it together it's fine that there's look we're still playing with dragons and fucking angels and and, and zombies and stuff like that like guess what like cool they pulled in a robot there's robots already in in right. in magic the gatherings like all right cool like what's the what's the difference between pulling someone from cybertron than it is from pulling someone from you know Mirrodin? you know yeah. Are you looking, are you looking after any one individual card right now? Like, are you, are
0: you kind of hunting for one something specific on eBay or any of the other aftermarket?s Not the
1: moment. I mean, I, I do have, you know, there's a couple of stuff I'd love to get. I, it just because I, I love, you know, uh, angels and, and elves from the, from the original sets. So I've got an alpha um, Sarah angel, which is, um I, which is like the one of the most iconic angel cards. Um, I've got a beta, uh shiv and dragon which is one of the earlier dragon cards and so i'm trying to i want to get i want to get a set of like black border original printing of like these iconic the like the you know five different iconic cards from the different colors and stuff so i've got um i i need to get a i need to get an elf Uh, i need to get a zombie and i need to get one other um a blue card which would probably end up being like a, a Vesuvian doppelganger which is a pretty expensive card
0: and are those like these are like I, I assume they're like the OG cards like the yeah for
1: the first from the first sets yeah
0: and so like are you always kind of scouring
1: ebay looking for the right
0: price ready to pounce or is it just one of those things where it's like i think as a to
1: mind it's just one of those things where i don't have like alerts set up on my on my uh, account or anything like that but you know if i if if i see stuff i also like i love the hunt too i love the hunt for stuff in in person so i'm, I'm kind of hoping that you know we can cart start seeing like magic fests come back this this coming year and, and go to conventions and find stuff i lived i don't know it's part of like the the hunting you know like ebay is awesome because like you know what you can if you're looking for them you can pretty much find it there but there's also like a bit of like i do miss like digging through bins and like whether i'm looking through short boxes or record crates or whatever trying to find something like i like the hunt mm-hmm. um, and ebay makes it a little bit too easy but also you can always get what you want you're looking for you just have to pay for it
0: are they are they are they like getting cards slabbed these days like comics like
1: at CGC stuff? Yeah, massive. Grading grading companies have been a, a massive uh, a boon for for collecting magic and to make sure things are you know verified and in yeah. certain conditions and grades and whatnot. And you know, PSA, um, BGS and CGC are like the the top ones yeah. for, for uh, grading graded cards now. Yeah. Are they out of play if they're slabbed? Or can you play, yeah, can you, you don't, play- you, I mean, I'm sure you could play them if you wanted to just make sure yeah. you don't like scratch up your, I mean, you're going to shuffle a deck. That's probably. Like <laughs> tall. Um, but, uh, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, you do. I, I think at that point it's, it's, people actually will buy a card. You know, if people are making decks, uh, they'll buy graded cards and they'll crack them out. They'll free yeah. them from the, their plastic cages and, and put them into decks, especially happens with stuff. That's like uh, a, higher higher value or higher um, power card. And it's a lower, if the lower grade, so if something's like, you know, below an eight or nine, you know, nine, nine and above is, is really kind of like that. That's the near mint side. So people will just take lower grade cards and they'll crack them out and they'll use them to play.
0: Sure. And is it like comics where this is like a whole flip for me? You'll understand this. When we were coming up, we're about the same age. You get your comic signed, that's like your goal is to meet the artist or the writer and get it signed. Yeah. Now it's actually worth less if you have it signed if it's not CGC
1: authorized and CGC Yeah, there even are services it. that do there are services that yes. signatures, I think BGS yes. grade signatures and whatnot. Yeah. Is it with is that with Magic too?
0: Do you want to get your cards signed by the artist? or do you want to keep them there are
1: certain people who do want to have their cards graded um i think it's just if you're if you have an affinity for the card or whatever uh there are certain older cards that are are dependent upon the creator um like you know black lotus is a great one Uh, christopher rush was the artist and he passed away a number of years ago and so like you find a a card that's signed by him, it, it has an extra cachet to it because it is signed by him and he's he's passed. Um, or Quentin Hoover is another guy that I, I adore his artwork, and he he died a number of years ago too. So, um, you know, and because he also can't get them signed now. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, you can you can see a lot of like. You know guys like you know mark Poole or, or douglas Schuler, like these guys are still around at shows and they'll pop up and, and there's 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 a couple different dealers that have deals with these guys to get them you can submit cards to them and they'll send it to them they'll sign them they'll get them back to you um so yeah and i've i've gotten stuff signed at shows too like uh, terese nielsen uh she did a, a pretty awesome set of cards at san diego comic-con a couple of years and she was there okay. signing i got a set signed. so um yeah it's pretty it's pretty neat do you go as far
0: as collecting the original paintings. I like, guess that's something you would be into.
1: I actually have a couple originals. Nice. Um, I've, I've got two originals. Uh, I've got one for whisper silk cloak and one for wired wood channeler. Uh, and these are, you know, they're, they're, they're not, they're not, uh, you know, early editions, which prices on some of the earlier, the, the, the limited edition, alpha beta, limited cards are, I mean, Figures on those could, could you know hundreds of thousands of dollars fine artwork? It's considered yeah, it's probably insane. considered
0: fine art. Um, Do those go to the Sotheby's or are those or are those like um
1: heritage, heritage, heritage those right now? Yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they pop up from time to time on eBay and whatnot. But a lot of there's private Facebook groups that have that sell magic art too, so and you've seen them pop up time to time. I think a couple years ago, um, the guy who actually there's a guy who owns some i think it was like the black lotus artwork and a couple other uh yeah. early pieces and he had popped up and i think at the time he said like i he was trying to sell up he listed the black lotus and it, i think the post was up for maybe a day i think i saved screenshots because like this is amazing i need to i need to kind of hold on to this nft that one he was yeah, yeah, there you go he <laughs> was asking i think he i think his asking price was like a couple million dollars for it which yeah. i was like that's probably a bargain at this point you know like considering like if you can if you got a card of it you know a graded alpha card was selling for you know hundreds of thousands hundred thousand dollars
0: plus why why is the black lotus is it the power is it the cache of the time
1: it's it's the power because it is like the it is you know quote unquote the most powerful card in the game Mm -hmm. it's also the you know it, it it it's the mystique about it because it is it is like it was you know it, it you can't play it in most in most formats it's like it's banned and they don't print it anymore it, it, there's so much mystery around it and it, it just the mystique is there
0: yeah
1: uh, and and there's not a lot i mean the 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 early uh alpha edition cards like each i think the way they printed and the numbers that they released it there was about a thousand or so of each rare produced uh-huh. so there's i think i don't remember the number of rares. there's like a hundred and something rares but there's only a thousand of each of those and so you think about like cool like a rare now is produced. there's probably like a million copies of a rare now compared to a thousand. Right. And it's right. such a the 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 level the the amount of them that are actually still in existence. If you think about it too, like cards that were, you know, people when the first set came out, like they were they were given away as a promo. and so people yes. like, you know, the stories where people like, I remember seeing someone got a, uh, got a pack of these at Gen Con in 93 and then they just threw it in the trash after they left the booth. I and mean, I, I don't know what the fuck this game is. Like toss it <laughs> like, Oh my God, that, that those cars, you know, that's, the, you know, yeah. a sealed, a sealed alpha starter deck is probably, you know, a hundred thousand dollars right now. You it's know, if insane. not more, I think. It's insane. So it's, it's, it's crazy, crazy money. So that's um, yeah, it's pretty cool. So, I mean, it's just there, there, there's just not a lot of them. I think, I think one of the, a couple talking points about how rare it is. I think they, a a soft estimate is there's probably about half of the thousand. So there's about 500 that are actually still in existence. And of of those, like what is the quantity that is actually in a high grade, you know, an eight, nine, or 10? Not a lot. Yeah.
0: And are there any, like, so it's, so it's Black Lotus. What did take me through the nine again? so lotus. there's
1: black lotus and then there's the Moxen. so the moxes are these artifact cards that let you draw mana like when we were kids we we're like i can have a land Lands can make mana these are stupid i don't need a, a spell that doesn't it's like they can destroy this easier than this so um we were dumb mm-hmm. uh but the Moxen. so there's like uh let's see it's the mox sapphire the mox jet the mox ruby the emerald and the pearl and so there's the five different colors huh. uh and then there's the three blue cards which is the time walk ancestor recall and the time twister so
0: is there anything that you would tell somebody who's just getting into
1: magic the do's and the don'ts uh i think the do is is just uh to, to to find a lane that you like find an avenue of like i enjoy playing this type of game or like to collect cards in a certain way or you know is there is there something you like and just and and focus on that like let that be the driving force for you like there's so many so many people in the game and different ways to play it different styles and different ways to collect and whatever just find something you like and play that way you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and so what's coming up with magic next uh the next big things there are um i think modern horizons 2 which is a a a set that they debuted modern horizons 1 about two years ago uh it was a fantastic set people loved it Uh, a lot of great cards in there so they're releasing the second version of that uh like i said the DD sets coming out uh, later this year um i think there's uh innistrad which is a one of the most popular um worlds or planes of magic it's it's a it's a mix of like victorian horror so it's like vampires oh, and, wow. and stuff and so they're doing a, a dual release of that in uh, i think november december where it's it's uh, there's one two sets from the same thing coming around, around the same time but they're two different sets one is primarily focused on vampires and the others focus on werewolves and so that's really exciting where do you um, what the team are you vampire or werewolf i am definitely the vampires yeah, yeah. cool the werewolves could be awesome too. Um, and then I think I'm not sure when this stuff comes out, but there's like, like I said, that there's gonna be a Warhammer 40k mm-hmm. uh special commander. I think it's a commander set, is what they said. Um, but I'm super into that because I, I, although I don't play 40k, I love painting miniatures and I love like the aesthetic of the stuff. And so I'm excited to see how that uh, comes together. Oh man, that's a whole other podcast conversation. Absolutely, get into your minis. Oh my gosh, don't. <laughs> too many too many miniatures not enough uh, not enough paints
0: yeah (laughs) all right sean thanks so much man really nice talking with you.
1: you yeah dude thanks brother